0: Let's go South Beast, Beast Mode.
1: Welcome to the Beast Mode Show. This is our third Beast Mode podcast episode, Keeping It Simple, with your talk show host, Christina Burnett, and I'm Andrew Stamper. Thank you very much for downloading this episode. We have a pretty awesome show in store for you, but uh, before we get to it, Christina, how was your week?
2: My week was awesome. I was gone on vacation, and uh, it was a stay date, staycation, so we went to Universal Studios in uh, Volcano Bay, which I've never been to. It was a blast.
1: What's Volcano Bay?
2: It's a water park. Oh. It's the water park I've ever been to. It was awesome. Cool. Cool.
1: Now, before we get started, let's take a moment from our sponsors. This Beast Mode podcast is sponsored by The Snooze. Don't forget to complete your deep, restful sleep with tempur sales module training on the snooze. This is due by August 29th of this year. Christina, I bet you've already done that module, haven't you? Yes, I have. <laughs> now then, Christina, who do we have as a guest today?
2: Well, today we are so excited to introduce our very own beast of the week and that is the Mr. Sean Fennec. So excited to hear from you Sean today. Um, Welcome welcome to our beast cast and our number three episode. Thanks
0: I am a big fan of the cast so I'm happy to be here.
2: Awesome awesome so um, Andrew uh, do you have any questions that you want to ask uh, Mr. Sean Fennec before we start anything interesting or anything that you might want to add before we get going
1: I mean obviously I'm curious to know how Las Vegas market was going on but really more than anything on a selfish you know uh, level I'm a big like movie guy I just want to know what what have you been watching oh
0: man well um we just finished under the banner of heaven on um, Hulu Andrew Garfield um that was a good that was a really good one um and, you know, I've just finished Peaky Blinders um, season six, which is always a fun one. Um, but I guess we're we're kind of out there looking for. A new. Oh, um, City on a Hill was was the latest Showtime. That's that's with Kevin Bacon. And that one was uh, actually a recommendation from JD. And I, I could not stop watching that one. So that's uh, those are the free series I've been watching lately. And then my son and I went and saw Buzz Lightyear uh, in theaters a few weeks back. So that was fun.
1: Cool. Did you like it?
0: Yeah, it was good. I thought it was entertaining. He asked for where Woody was about halfway through and I, you know, kind of had to explain to him
1: Woody wasn't a character in the, in this one, but it was, it was funny. Mm. I was wondering if they're going to have like any type of Easter eggs about like Woody or anything like that, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some, we just missed them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now on a more serious note, how was market? Market was great. It was, um, it's always a whirlwind,
0: you know, you kind of, go there you're you're backwards in time at least uh, you know 3 hours difference which is kind of a little bit getting used to um but um overall i mean look uh, we got a sneak peek at the new temperpedic product and um, the new breezes adjustable base program and let's just say that the brand development team is is really making our job easy um it is very exciting stuff and um i really can't wait to start selling it so Heck, yeah, that's awesome.
2: That's very exciting news. I love hearing that. So it was a great show, but I mean, they're
0: they're just they're just nailing it. Uh, you know, everything that they make.
2: And how was business out there? Did it look like it was, you know, pretty packed and loaded or was it just? Uh...
0: Yeah, so um, we went in Saturday um, for a meeting and it was a little bit lighter that day because market didn't officially kick off until Sunday. But once Sunday started, it was it was it was um yeah really packed. Um, but, uh, very hot, um, extremely. I mean, when you get off that airplane in Vegas, it's like walking through a a brick wall of, of heat. I mean, it's pretty (laughs) wild. So
2: like a blow dryer hitting your face 24 seven.
0: Yeah, it really was. I I, I'm a January market over July market guy, but overall you're inside most of the time anyway. So it's not too bad. Vegas.
2: Well, thank you for that insight. We're really excited to see what's coming for the future. And uh, so let's get started. Um, You guys, this is Sean Fennec. We're super excited to have him here. He is uh, one of our, you know, number three. Everybody wanted to know about Sean and how he got to where he was. And um, we have a couple uh, questions before we start. There's one that was uh, posed by our very own Ben Gordon. He was very, very interested. This is what his main question was. So, um, oh, Sean, apparently your children have a very nice head of hair. Um, I haven't seen your children, but apparently their head of hair is very, very nice and full. And um, he wants to know what products do you use to keep that full head of hair with your children?
0: <laughs> it's... <laughs> That's actually funny because they, you know, they were just born with with good hats of hair, but we don't put any gel or anything like that on on their heads, their little heads. We just uh, Kayla's my wife, Kayla's sister is a hairdresser. So I think she's probably uh, has a lot to do with uh, how it looks.
2: Oh my God, right. you're going to have to send pictures now because I, I am very intrigued to see what this hair looks like, this uh, beautiful I, head of hair.
0: I cut, I cut one of their bangs the other day, and he looked kind of like Lord Christmas from Dumb and Dumber for a little bit, <laughs> oh, so that know. was, uh, you know, it did the job of getting a hair out of his eyes, but overall, right. he, he's got a helmet on.
2: Oh dear Lord, I would probably kill my husband if he thought so like, even start to cut my child's hair. <laughs> I don't
0: think I'll do it again.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you won't, especially if she's uh your um in-law is a hairdresser.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> All right, so okay, so let's start getting to the serious stuff. Now, Sean, I know a little bit about your story and that you have moved. Quite a bit to get where you are today, um, but a lot of us don't know about Sean Fennick, especially people from, you know, the Atlanta region. We we work with you consistently because of, you know, the accounts that you carry. Um, so you have a really very interesting story regarding your career path here at Temper Sealy, and um, we'd love to hear about it and would love to know about your moves, your strategic moves, um, and what motivated you to make these moves each time. And how did you um, get back to Florida? Uh, we know that, you know, you worked really hard at what you were doing. And, you know, we'd like to know about the whole story, the sacrifices that you you had with your families um, moving from Florida, which um, you graduated from U- University of Central Florida, correct? You're a, you're a knight. Yeah,
0: you know? I, I am a knight. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a... Um, a long, I mean, a, a journey for sure. Uh, Eleven years in September, so um, so it's been been a while. But um, you know, really, my story was I started in Fort Myers as a retail sales specialist, which is essentially the field to consultant role. And I was very um, anxious to climb the ladder, so I made it aware that I wanted to you know get promoted when when the opportunity came. Um, but there was just nothing here in the southeast. And uh, I was talking with Stephanie, who was a director at the time, and she knew that I was ready for the next step. And she said, I just got nothing for you here. But have you ever thought about Wisconsin? <laughs> I never really felt once I'd ever live in, in you know, the Great Plains, but I started kind of Googling you know, about Milwaukee and, and Madison. And I kind of had the choice um, between the two. And, and I, I you know, knew it was a beer drinking city. It was a good sports town. Um, from good people. And I decided I, I would interview. So I went and met Chuck Owen, who was the director at the time of the great plains district. And Chuck and I actually had a bit of a relationship because he was in my new higher class. So that was cool to kind of step, you know, a uh, uh, you know, a, a nice thing that we had that already. Um, but it was funny cause I met with Chuck at a bar and uh like bar restaurant in Milwaukee in January. And it was like 50 degrees. And, and I was thinking, I told him, I said, Hey, I thought, you know, it'd be way colder here in January. He's like, no, it's not that bad. So I ended up getting the job, and I moved February first. It was it was quick. It was like, all right, three weeks. You're moving your all your stuff from Fort Myers to Milwaukee, um, which is you know, Milwaukee. I chose over Madison. I just like the city better than the college town. Um, and uh, when I moved, it was I think was like three degrees, a snowstorm. Um, I mean, just complete slap in the face from what I had experienced in January and, uh, it was, but it, but it was a great, it was a great city. It was just kind of funny. It was like a, a real, real big change for me. Um, but it, but it helped me grow as a person. Um, and you know, more importantly, really the, uh, on the account side of things, it, it was, um, a really good move for me, um, because I was able to kind of climb that ladder you know, a little bit easier when you're willing to move, um, but what it came down to was, um, really first location. Milwaukee was a, a city that intrigued me, um, had some family in Chicago. So I, I wouldn't be too, too far away from, from anyone that I knew. Um, and then opportunity is a big one. Um, opportunity, you know, is, is either the ball in the goal line. you just got to get it over the, you know, in the end zone or is, is there, you know, any kind of opportunity with some of the accounts that I'd be taking over. Um, in any move opportunity is a big a big um you know reason and then management um i knew chuck and um i was lucky to work with him and I'm really not that you can always control who your managers are but um been really blessed to work with a lot of really cool people and and learn from a lot of different skill sets that way
2: That's very cool. What a traumatic like experience going from probably 90 to 3 degrees. My god, i was yeah. like
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Milwaukee was yeah, it was it was it was definitely a change, but it was cool because a lot of different types of people, um obviously very different weather. Um, but um overall it definitely helped me grow. I called on Bonton, which was a department store as well. Um and um that was a new experience dealing with um you know the Bonton, but um you know the department store life is very different than you know, sleep shops or, or furniture stores. Um But then from, um, Milwaukee, it was, it was Pensacola and, um, Pensacola, I I got to work with, um, Stephanie again, was the director there and, um, then Pensacola back to, uh, to Tampa. So the long-term goal was to always kind of get back into this area. And I just knew that, um, you know, if I had that long-term goal, it would eventually happen. It was just about, uh, making the right moves and, um, to get, to get back.
2: Right. Well, it was BonCon your first uh, account management position when you moved.
0: It was actually um, so Steinhoffel's was was the big one. Um, I had Steinhoffel's in Milwaukee, along with a few other rank and file accounts, probably 10 to 10 others. Um, But Steinhoffel's was the one that that was really the biggest opportunity. Um, So, yeah, I mean, when Temper temper acquired Sealy in 2012, that's what kind of shook things up and, and opened up a lot of things in the organization to where. Um, that that opportunity came up and and um I worked with a guy named Jeremy Basely, who was on the Tempur-Pedic side of things with Steinhoffels. Um and I was I was on the Sealy side. And it was cool because Jeremy was was savvy, he was smart and he he knew the buyer really well. Um, they had a good relationship. So it was a kind of a foot in the door for Sealy to to grow their business. Um and I think Seely we were doing like I don't even know, 200 or like $300,000 a a year with a 15 store chain. I think they were at the time or 16 stores uh, with only a few slots. And then eventually, um, you know, just kind of worked on the relationship. And we had really, that's when, when temper and Sealy came together, that's when R and D got just so much better on the Sealy side. And, you know, their first generation hybrids came out. We were able to sell those in and side Huffles, you know, eventually became a, let's say $2 million, you know, Sealy account.
2: Yeah. So, um, that's one of our questions that we had. Steinhoffs is a very interesting account. It was small and now, then, you know, now it's grown Mm -hmm. to be a very big account for us. Um, if you could just tell us a little bit more about that journey, what did you do to help like get that, uh, that footprint a little bit larger than, you know, what it Mm -hmm. originally was?
0: Yeah. So, um, overall they had always done, done well with, with, temper, um, at least from the the time that I I knew them. But, um, there was just, um, a lot of opportunity, I think in relationship building and overall, um, really just trying to find what the right pieces of the puzzle were for their floor. Um, so with the new hybrids coming out and and some of the the stuff coming down the Sealy pipeline, um, even with Stearns, um, we were able to, um, kind of, I guess, Expose some other vendors, or, or figure out where Steinholz was weak, and then find out you know where we were strong, and 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 try to get in there and and take some of that floor space. So um, it wasn't it wasn't a, a a fast one. I mean, the volume was rose quickly, but eventually, I think we went from like three to five, and five to seven. You know, so it was, it was that type of thing, um, just by building a relationship and getting in better with the buyer, and then once you can have someone's trust and faith, um, you know, they, they can lean on you a little bit more. And, um, I think that's kind of what happened J- Jeremy eventually took a new role and I took over the tempur side of things as well, which allowed me to have a, a little bit more control over the, you know, the entire lineup. And, um, I think then we, we had, um, I, I want to say that I think I was up there when the new, uh, maybe not when the new pro adapts rolled out, but overall, yeah, it was just a slow, a slow roll. And, um, eventually just, you know, got in there, built that relationship with them. I was, I was in there a lot, showing my face a lot. I didn't have uh, <clears throat> any, any coverage or any, any help on the doors, So I was, you know, just really um, indoors and, and doing trainings as much as I could and um, traveling around uh, their 15, 16 stores on a regular basis to, you know, show, show that I was willing to put in the work for them.
2: I love that. So your relationship building and being in the store top of mind was, Probably why you got to where you are today. I love that. That's, you know, it's the way it is. I got to do it, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: It's important. Yeah. Well, so from there, you went to Bontons. Um, one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you how did you know, you know, when you got presented this, did, did you have any doubts? How did you know? when a move was right? And, and did you turn down any other moves prior? And, yeah. and, you know, how do you know when it's right and when it's wrong? Because I know a lot of people, you know, you get these opportunities and you're like, oh, do I want it or do I not? You know, how did you figure that out?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was easy to think that maybe I made the wrong decision when, you know, there's polar vortexes coming down from Canada for over like literally over a month of negative zero. The coldest it was, was negative 29 degrees uh, at one point. And I felt like my eyeballs were going to freeze, um, uh-huh. but you had, yeah. So anyway, it was, it was, there were some times where I thought maybe i had made the wrong decision, but overall um, you know, I think that everything I guess happens for a reason. Um, and I learned a lot of really good lessons in that move and it was really great for my career. But, you know, one thing is that, you know, I've interviewed for a lot of positions that I didn't get. And, um, you know, overall, um, I think that, um, when I interviewed for, uh, for positions that I didn't get something else ended up working out in, in my favor and it ended up, you know, being the, the better path for me. Um, so, you know, even, even in, in Milwaukee, you know, um, interviewing for, um, uh, the, the Haverty's role, for instance, like, you know, uh, it was, it was one of those things that I didn't get that. And, you know, Chaylen ended up becoming the Haverty's account manager and doing very well with Haverty's, but when chalen moved, um, to the Haverty's role, his position had opened up. So it was one of those things that I was top of mind with, I guess, the managers in, in the area. And they knew that I was, Looking to get back to the Florida area, and I I interviewed well, and um, so I was able to slip into the into that role with Jalen. So overall, um, don't be scared to interview. Don't be scared to go for something. You never know what what's going to shake out if you don't get it. You know, don't be discouraged because um, as long as you're doing what you need to do and and you're you're working hard at it, I think it it'll all end up working out in your favor at the end of the
2: day. Yeah, I love that. Um, What was the account that you moved down to Florida for in Pensacola? What was that account?
0: Yeah, so that that one was cool too because so I had Steinhoffels and Bonton up in uh, Milwaukee, and you know, Bonton ended up going out of business. So I mean, that was one so I too too to talk about too much, but it was it was really just the account in general, not not tempers-y-ly. Um, But overall, um, going from department stores to furniture stores, I wanted to build my skill set into uh, the sleep shop to kind of learn more about you know that side of the business and. Um, Sleep Center was the big one in Pensacola. So Sleep Center, Mr. Mattress, um, Mattress now, a bunch of those accounts down from really like Louisiana to um, Ocala, that that area. But the sleep sh- sleep shouts were a very different, different animal. Um, you know, like Stein novels, they did good volume, but they had an ad, you know, an advertising team. They had um, you know, a lot of different you know, jobs in that, um, you know, in, in that machine, you know, if pe- people run their advertising or people, you know, buyer, you know, owner, all that stuff. Um, when the sleep shops, when I took over, you know, account management responsibility for the sleep center, um, those guys are extremely smart and savvy and, and really good at what they do. But that owner is the, um, he's the advertiser, he's the owner, he's the buyer, you know, and, and there's a group of them working together as a franchise, So, um, a lot of different personalities, you gotta, you know, get to know a lot of different people and everybody, you know, every personality is different. So you got to kind of learn how to, how to navigate, you know, each person, just like you do anywhere. Um, but that was, uh, you know, the, the big move down, down South again, back to the beach, which is kind of my roots. So that was cool to be in Florida, even though I was still seven hours away from Tampa Bay. Um, it was, uh, it was definitely a good, a good move
2: and your eyeballs weren't freezing. That's very no. important.
0: No, my eyeballs were not freezing. I think I threw away all my scarves.
2: <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So, um, from, from there, then you moved, is that when you moved to uh, Tampa for canes? Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. So then I think it was, um, two years in Fort Myers, four years, like almost on the nose of Milwaukee. And then three years in, Pensacola. And then um the opportunity came up for a position back down in Tampa. And um I uh, you know, here I am four years yep. later.
2: Jumped on it. now you're city furniture, which is awesome. We're very proud of you. It's gonna be a great account. We're excited that you're on that account. So um every podcast we have a beast practice that we always talk about. And you know, because you have been on different regions and you've you've traveled it throughout, had different teams. We would like to know one thing is, is there a huge difference between regions uh, based off of, you know, versus uh, us versus, um, you know, southeast versus them? Mm-hmm. Do they do things differently or, you know, how was it with these different teams? And what did you learn um, that you use today on these teams strategically that was um, really helpful to make you or help you be successful here?
0: Yeah, so every region is a little bit different, that's for sure. Um really I think it's just moved by weather. Um February in in Milwaukee, you know, isn't exactly a time where people are really out retail shopping. Um but, you know, then once spring rolls around it, it really starts to pop. When Florida you have that kind of year around, you know, traffic. Um so that you know, that was very different. Personalities um they're they're different everywhere you go. Um You know, overall, I think that I've dealt with a lot of different personalities and people, um, and there's always a way there's always a way to get in good with someone. You just got to kind of find out the right way to do it. Um, But uh, but skill sets and things like that, I would say that. yeah, I've been very lucky to work with some, with some really great managers. Um, anybody that I've ever you know been under, um, has, has taught me something new or different and it's cool because everyone has a different style of management. Um, and, and none of them have, have been bad, um, but just different. So, um, it, it was, you know, really from, um, Lynn Delper Dang, um, you know, Gera, Steph, um, everyone has, um, you know, something that they can teach you or or a way that they do things that you can try to implement. And then, um, that's just the the kind of the rep that you become. So, um, learning from different managers and different people, um, has has really been, uh, something that I've, I've been blessed with because it's been, um, really cool. The group that I've had to work with and, and, and report to learn from
2: is there anything that sticks out in mind um, that you learned that you're like, man, I'm using this and I use it every single day in your day-to-day operation?
0: Um, Nothing like that just comes to mind, you know, really just, um, just how people are in meetings, I think is one thing that I, that I've learned, like learned um, just to be, you know, more patient. um, You know, less is more. Sometimes when you're negotiating those types of things have been, been, really great to see someone like Chris lamb in a meeting while you're negotiating. I mean, it's, it's, he's like a wizard, really. He's, he's just, he's so good at what he does. And, and just to be a fly on the wall during, you know, the, the conversations that, that, you know, we've had, um, has been really cool to kind of sit back and just, and just really see someone, um, you know, who's, who's one of the best, you know, do their jobs. Uh, that was, that was one thing that I've, I've definitely learned from all managers is, um, just how to present yourself in, in meetings. And, um, even with the story branding stuff we're doing now, it's, it's, it's cool to see, you know, them do the
1: same type of thing at, you know, at the highest level. You just did that natural segue because, you know, obviously we are going through the whole like story, you know, story brand and everything. So got to (laughs) know what's your, you know, what's your brand? I like as far as personality. Yeah. What do you, what do you, you know, who, who are you? What's your brand?
0: Well, well, you know, look, I like to be someone that, um, I think people can, can have fun uh, with and around. Um, my biggest thing is, um, what you see is what you get. Um, I'm, you know, try to be as genuine as possible throughout, you know, uh, my, my, my work day, you know, and in my life, um, you know, my, my overall, um, I just tried to uh, work hard, you know, uh, control what I can control and ultimately, um, try to have fun doing it.
2: I love that. That's awesome. And you are like that. I, you know, I've worked with you and you are who you are and that's, that's the best part about you, Sean. And you. Um, one of the that. things that uh, one of the other questions that we had, you talked about personalities and, uh, you know, we deal with personalities as FSCs, but at a different level. On your level, you've had some um, really tough conversations. Do you have any advice to um, tell any of us uh, that will eventually be into account management? How can you handle these objections and how did you, you know, how did you work through these difficult conversations and turn it into a positive?
0: Yeah, I, I'd say like, look, even even when I was in Fort Myers at RSS, um, I remember there was this, you know, guy at Matrix Giant that it just some... There's always going to be someone where, you know, who you jive with and there's going to be personalities that you clash with. And I think the the best thing to do is just to be aware of it. Um, Just understand that everybody's different and not everybody thinks the same way that you do. Um, and there's ultimately there is a way in, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Um, so with enough work put into any relationship, you know, you can ultimately overcome, um, any objections that they have. And honestly, just hard work pays off. If someone sees you going to work every day and working hard, um, you know, ultimately they they have to respect that. So, um, even in some, some relationships where it's been difficult to break down walls or anything like that, the end of the day, if if you're working hard enough at, um, at your job, you know, they've got to respect that. And then your relationship will just, you know, continue to build in time.
2: Um, well, I have one last question before you get to talk to Andrew, and this is, you know, we want to know what drives you. I mean, you're very driven. We know that. And, um, we want to know what drives you. And the most important thing is, is how do you find balance between work and family?
0: Well, yeah, that's probably the hardest, the hardest part about the job. I mean, it's, it's, you know, um, one of those things where you're, the thing is nowadays is like we have our cell phones and like our cell phone is our our life and our cell phone is our, our, business life too. Um, and it seems like there's always an email to answer. There's always a, you know, the phone, you know, really doesn't stop ringing some days. Um, so I think as far as balance goes, I'm, I'm just, uh, like the most important thing in my life is family. And I want to, I want to build a, a good life for them. So I, I, I work hard to do that. And, um, when I'm with my family, I'm present with them. I try to put the phone away and I try to just be present. Um, but ultimately I know that, you know, the hard work and time away and things like that, are, it's all for them at the end of the day. So, um, I'll say like when I'm traveling on the road, I may, I may put in a late night work and doing things that I, that I, you know, um, 8 PM, you know, at home, I'm not, I'm not, typically on my computer. Um, but, um, you know, APM PM in a hotel room, I might be, you know, working on some, some filing or, you know, tracking or anything like that, that I need to, um, just take advantage of
2: time while I'm away, um, being away. That's awesome. And I know that you're an avid golfer, so I know that happens <laughs> for fun and, Would you
0: say I'm an avid golfer after the golfing that we had?
2: We've had a great game together. Yeah, we had fun with all the with the team. So I know you love golfing. What else do you do? That's fun. Whatever. Those are all my questions that I have for you today. This has been this has been really nice and very enlightening, and uh, wow, we're really proud of you and love all the information that you shared. And uh, I'm going to pass the baton over to my partner, okay. Mr. Andrew Stamper. Yeah.
1: All right, well, thank you very much, Christina. Honestly, we're we're about up for time, but just two very very simple questions. Obviously, natural segue. You mentioned books, and I just want to know, kind of, you know, what is it that that you read is there anything that's kind of helped you throughout your career journey so think like marinate on that for a second but i got to know what type of guitar do you have uh i have a telecaster yep nice man yeah, alvarez acoustic but yeah. okay cool yeah i've got a uh a 96 uh jag uh the the one that kurt cobain uh modeled before he wow yeah yeah so i've yeah. got that yeah that's pretty cool
2: you guys have to play together when we we'll get to have our yeah music. Yeah. There we go. I
1: mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make a claim that I'm a good guitarist. You know, I just played the, like the same, like three or four chords over and over <laughs>
2: again.
1: Yeah, But yeah, regarding like books, you know, is there anything that, that you've read, whether it's, you know, actual books or audio books that, that you, that, that have helped you throughout your career journey professionally or, you know, personally for that matter?
0: Man, um, I I have a hard time finding um, business books or things like that to be, you know, r- like really intriguing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, like if I can't get into a book, I've learned to just like put it away and, and maybe revisit it down the road. But if a book doesn't get me from the start, it's hard for me to keep into it. Um, but um, Ken Follett's my favorite author. He's a historical fiction guy. I've read, I mean, really almost all of his stuff. Um I just like to, you know, I love history. Um, I love reading about it. And he tells a really great story. Um, I've done, I have read some motivational books, which which I think have helped me in my in my career. Um, Jocko Willink, um, Extreme Ownership is a good one, just about taking ownership for everything you do. Um, and then there's a book called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. They're both, you know, kind of Navy SEAL type guys that um, ultimately just have that, you know, high level motivation and, and you know, the ability to really kind of, look at things in a, in a different, you know, from a different perspective and understand that, um, no matter what's really going wrong in in your life as, as a mattress rep, things could always be much, much more stressful or painful. So, um, I like, like those kinds of books, but, um, biographies, you mentioned Kurt Cobain heavier than heaven was a good one for, you know, autobiography of Kurt Cobain and, uh, Keith Richards, Jimi Hendrix, some of those guys, I I, I like reading those biographies every once in a while, to sprinkle in a different genre from, uh, historical fiction
1: well good stuff man i'm you know that's that's about it i know we're we're kind of uh, running out of time here so i just want to take a second to say sean thank you very much for coming on the show i've really enjoyed uh learning a little bit more about you i mean this is a good opportunity for not just our listeners but even like on a personal level just to you know to find out a little bit more about you so i just want to say thank you very much thank you guys i
0: appreciate it um and uh keep keep on doing what you guys are doing it's been pretty awesome to you know listen to the cast uh while we're getting some windshield time in awesome
2: awesome we love it thank you so much sean and uh, you have a great day and kick some booty out there my friend
0: (laughs) all right see you guys bye
2: all right goodbye everyone and looking forward to seeing you next time on our podcast beast cast number four
0: let's go south beast beast mode